Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. Can I just say, before you listen to this show, Richie comes up with, on the spur of the moment, an idea for a TV stroke 24-hour rolling entertainment idea that I've got a feeling could in the future make us quite a bit of money. <laughs> it pops up towards the end of the show. You'll hear it for yourself. And I, I, I know we joke about going on Dragon's Den. I mean, we won't ruin it and give you a spoiler as to what it is, but I genuinely think you might be onto something there. I genuinely do think it's a good idea. Yeah. And, and I think the two of us together have got a lot more of that type of idea in our locker. Put it this way, without giving it away, it makes Springwatch look like an absolute shambles. <laughs> Sorry, Packham. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We are taking the edge off the heat with some great music. Good to have you on board on this Monday afternoon. It's good to be back together. Missed you. Missed uh, you. Last week in, in Norfolk. Beautiful Norfolk. Everyone's beautiful with the weather as it has been, but yeah. uh, Norfolk was lovely. Uh, did a little bit of the broads, did a little bit of the beaches, uh, did some place where there was loads of tree houses and rope bridges and all that kind of stuff. Swindon. <laughs> but did pass an attraction that I didn't have time to stop went past one of those big brown tourist signs on the road yeah. uh, that said Radar Museum. Now, Ooh. of course, when you've got a car with a four-year-old in, a Radar Museum is never really going to cut the mustard for a family attraction. It's a hard sell. But it's one of those ones that's it's, it's stayed in my mind. And I, Norfolk, I'm coming back to you. And I will go to the Radar Museum. So does that mean that Norfolk, like, they invented Radar over there? Is that what they're saying if they've got the museum there? It's the way I implied it. If you're, if, so. you're, if you're basing a Radar Museum there, you've got to have some claim to fame. Yeah. Did drive past and say to the rest of the car, didn't see that one coming. I just want someone oh. to sort of uh, um, get the glory of that particular dad joke. No need to ruin the holiday, Johnny. <laughs> I, we've got three weeks left of the of the big summer holidays. There are niche attractions out there, like the Norfolk Radar Museum, yeah. that need their time in the sun, my friend. And I think this home time show is the place to shine that light. See, that, that, that kind of attraction is like day three of the holiday where you've like... Uh, you've done all the main stuff, and then yeah. you, you're kind of sitting around thinking, well, what should we do today? And then it's like a fiver to go. For example, where I grew up, Brixham in Devon, had me and my brother used to joke about it, it's the world's worst aquarium. <laughs> so you pay like five quid to go in, and then you walk around the corner, and that's the end of it there. And it's just like cod, you know, like fish you'd see in the fishmongers in there. Do you know what I mean? Like koi carp. It's like, come on, mate. <laughs> the Museum of Carpet has been put forward by Fran. Says Ooh. it's actually really good. I've Googled this. The Museum of Carpet is a place in Kidderminster. So, again, going back to the, the radar thing, what, why there? Why Kidderminster? Are they saying they invented carpets? It must be the crucible of carpets. That Who is, knows? That's hell of a claim. One thing I remember us popping into, we had, we had a family holiday down in Cornwall. This is ages ago. And I think we went down Poldark Mine on the way home, which sounds like a treacherous location from the Elder Scrolls uh, <laughs> video games. But it was all right. Like, you know, again, bored the family to tears, but proper, you know, Cornish mining going on in there. Uh, Willie says Scotland's secret bunker in Fife. Sounds like a nightclub I wouldn't go into. <laughs> uh, the Hovercraft Museum in Gosport is open on Saturdays, uh, says this text. The Hovercraft was developed on the Solent. Oh, right, so they've got a claim to it. Indeed. This is good. We've got Paul on the line right now. Uh, Paul, tell everyone what niche attraction you went to. Um, whilst with the kids um, and the missus in a rainy day up in Northumberland, we decided to go to the uh, Morpeth Bagpipe Museum. <laughs> Morpeth um, Bagpipe Museum. What a day out. How did you get that one past the kids? How on earth are you selling that to the kids? <laughs> well, what it is, while you're up there, you can actually go and watch, uh, watch, watch uh, there's, some, there's some army raiders up there, so you can watch planes firing, uh, firing up and flying around and all that stuff. But they weren't flying that day, so we said, go on, we'll, we'll call by this way. 
and we'll just call him here for a bit of a, a bit of a look because like I say we're chucking it down. You can't go on the beach anyway, so uh, yeah, we went in there. Now, but, were, uh, bit grim. Uh, here's, here's a question. You've obviously managed to square that off the rest of the family. How have the good people of Morpeth managed to square away a bagpipe museum? Because I Morpeth is is still in England, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and bagpipes are Scottish. Bags and the, bo- the yeah. borders manoeuvred around, doesn't it, up there over the years? So maybe it used to be Scotland. Yeah, the border's not far away, to be fair. You've only got you've only got to get up to Berwick, you know what I mean? Or Carter, Carter Bar, you're not far from the Scottish border. If, if I was Morpeth, so, though, I, I'd take it to the next level. Start saying, that, so they've got like a shortbread museum. The Scottish <laughs> are going to be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> well, if we went the other side of the Pennines, you know I mean? You could go to a pencil museum at Kendall. No, that's even another great one. I've gone, I've gone to all the weirdest and wonderful places in the world you can believe in the UK. Pencil museum, that's another one in Kendall. Brilliant. brilliant. Your kids must love you, fella. Love me every day, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? The deeply scared and emotionally dirt. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Julia has emailed hometimeshow at absoluteradio.co.uk. Hey, you two, you may be amazed to learn that Northumberland has its own bagpipes. No. They are not only Scottish, hence the museum in Morpeth. Oh, really? Yeah. So has it got a different tone? I'd love to know if there's something slightly different about it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, maybe people could send us some souvenir Morpeth bagpipes. Please get in touch about that. Some other stuff flooding in with an unusual locations that people can go on holiday. Jess says there's a baked bean museum in Port Talbot. Not 100% sure why. I don't think we created them, she adds. And then Sarah in Belfast says, I've been to the Barack Obama Plaza in the Republic of Ireland. It's a petrol station with a museum above it as apparently Obama's relatives came from that area. Love this. Andy in Southport says, Bush and Ritchie, I saw a programme on Amazon Video with James May, our man in Italy. He finds a place that make, makes bad pipes, but it's in Italy, so maybe it's not just a Scottish whoa, thing. Whoa, 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 this is big. We'd sort this out. Who is, who's, the, who's the inventor of bagpipes? Who's going to claim it? Do keep your bagpipe intel Please. coming. You know all the ways to get in touch. Use the hashtag bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> Graham has got another niche attraction. What is it, Graham? It's the, it's the Lawnmower Museum in Southport. That's not a real thing. Get out of town. No yeah, one's having is. a lawnmower yeah, yeah. museum. And they've got lots of sort of uh, famous people's lawnmowers that get donated. <laughs> oh, come on. Look, lawnmowers yeah, have been yeah. exactly... Lawnmowers haven't changed. They're all the, they still look the same as they used to, don't they? Oh, well, there's, there's all sorts in there. Um, uh, I, I can't I think Giles Brandreth's and, and Gloria Honeyford's and there's all sorts. Giles Brandreth's <laughs> lawnmower. I'm sure. I am 99.9% convinced on but, that. But, yeah. Graham, yeah. there's the weird thing, right? As Bush says, lawnmowers don't really change, but you have just named two famous people's lawnmowers, but Giles and uh, Gloria, thankfully, are both still very much with us. It's not as if these are famous people that have died and they've donated no. their lawnmowers to science. <laughs> And, and even better, the chap who owns it drives around in a van that's got grass all over it. Just as like a like a rolling advert for the place. As a rolling advert for the place, yeah. He drives around Southport with a uh, with sort of artificial grass all over his uh, that doesn't need cutting. Ironically. Well, I tell, I tell you um, what, if you, people listening to this right now, if you've been to the where, where is it, Lawnmower Museum, where? In Southport. Surely, no offence to Charles Brandreth or whatever, there's got to be a more famous person's lawnmower in there. 8, 12, 15, let us know about it. <laughs> uh, Nicola says, every year, try to take my family to Barometer World in Devon, but I've never managed to make it there. They can't... Right, you can you can go... You can call yourself the Barometer Museum, but you ain't calling yourself Barometer World, because that, that sounds like Centre Parks or something, do you know what I mean? You're inviting a bit of pressure on yourself, aren't you? It's got to be flipping good if you've been Barometer World, do you know what I mean? Like, you can see the barometers from, like, <laughs> on the motorway or something like that. Uh, Christian Milton Keane says, we went to the German National Currywurst Museum in Berlin. 
complete with, listen to this, this is the one to beat, complete with a giant sit-on hot dog. <laughs> Would you sit on or in? Are I'd, you the filling? I'd ride it, I'd ride it like a rodeo. <laughs> Put my cowboy hat in the air. With that thought in our mind, uh, Kat, what is the neat attraction you have? Yeah, it's a um, a needle making museum, and it's actually at a mill. What's the point? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I didn't realise that. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, it's sunk with everyone now. It's, he's turned up from a week off and just firing out dad jokes left, right, and centre like a malfunctioning <laughs> robot. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I wouldn't change it. Uh, it, was, Kat, it was very good. It was very good. Thank you. Let's Don't move on from the dad joke. How good is this then? Um, it was a, I mean, it was a brilliant day when we went because it was right by the, this river. So there's the water mill that used to sort of make these needles. And there was lots of ducks and things as well. So we were absolutely fascinated because we love ducks, <laughs> me and my friends. How um, busy was but... it or did you have to thread your way through everyone? Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. <laughs> Kat, it's lovely to speak to you. He's ruining this call uh, and this is not helping. We need to, we need to stamp this out right now. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it's a brilliant museum. It was very quiet when we went and... It was, as I say, it was just a fascinating process and sort of how they sort of used to roll out all of the wires and made them really, really thin and then they'd have they'd stamp them and sort of the speed that they had to do to sort of stamp the holes and the eyes in the needles. It was, yeah, it was a really good day. Any other things you want to add to that, Richie? I don't think I've got any more to cotton on now. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that, that, no, that was awful. <laughs> Sorry. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily it's a Monday afternoon. It's, it's the start of a brand new week and everything. I want, to, I want to try something a bit unusual, but I'm a little bit scared about going for this. Okay? I'm with you. I'm with you, whatever I, it is. I appreciate the support. I want to ask everyone an unusual question, but what I want everyone to do is not like to instantly, like in a reaction to it, go, oh, what are you talking about? Shut up. What? What? That kind of thing. So just open your mind. I want to talk about numbers. Uh, and I want to ask you a question about numbers. Okay. Again, as we found out last week on the show, numbers isn't really my thing. Having ne- nearly given away one pound short of a million pounds accidentally on the summer payday, thus wrapping it up quite <laughs> early, I think. <laughs> summer payday gone bust. <laughs> I nearly made the summer payday go bust. But my, my, my question about numbers is this. When you think of the number seven in your mind, picture the number seven, whatever you're doing right now, I'm if you're doing, doing the dishes, driving, whatever, just stop. Not, not the driving, carry on driving, but just think about it. In your mind, is number seven a five and a two? Or a four and a three? Or a six and a one? Or just like, just straight up seven? Where's the help button? From? <laughs> Welcome back, Forgot Richie. where it is. I'll be waiting for you. D- did you say there was an option at the end where there was just the number seven? Yeah, because I, I always see it as a four and a three. It's a four plus a three, seven is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe... How do you... When you see seven in your head, what's it looking like? I remain committed. I remain committed and behind you here. Appreciate this. But I see a seven. So you're not seeing it like a six and a one? No. Okay. Not a four and a three? (laughs) No. Okay. Just straight up. But people have different approaches to life, don't they? I'll say one thing. Go on. Because this can be a thing. I I know this for a fact. When football changed and numbers changed from 1 to 11 and suddenly you had a squad number yeah people who might want a number 7 shirt but it was already taken uh-huh. would choose to have a 4 and a 3 43 because it added up to 7 oh right so, so a lucky number exactly so I think people can see that I personally don't right now you're not quite there can I just say I feel apologetic that when I see it, I just see the number seven. You had, you had a right old go to try and see it again during that last song. I've, as well, I've, didn't been, you? I've been studying sevens, and all I'm seeing, mate, 
I'm really sorry, it's a seven. It's like when someone can't see the dolphin in the magic eye picture. <laughs> I, I am that person. You are, it's, that's you, isn't it? Claire says, I always thought it weird that in my head that red and green make seven. See? It's, how, it's down to how you look at stuff. I'm feeling so boring. Listen to this, though. It goes further. Verna says, uh, uh, four and a three for me for seven. There you go. Akin to what I'm thinking. I always see four and a three. It says, but the months of the year are a sort of square triangle. Summer at the top, autumn uh, in a bow dark from top to bottom, winter on a straight line, spring on the opposite side to autumn, but going upwards towards summer. Weeks of sort of similar. <laughs> Is this a dream? I think it might be a dream. People like me, we just wish to be like you. Mark, Mark says, this, for me, it's a five and a two because I see two hands. Hey. Do you know what I mean? He's got two hands up in front of him. Yeah. Five and a two. But why does he not... He's still, he can still do four or three on two hands. Well, you tell him then. I'm, I'm just the middleman. <laughs> I'm not the person to... I only see a seven. I just... I wish I saw different. Dean says, I think of towns or city names as colours of their football team. I love that. I like that idea. I really, really like it. It's like... Uh, is, is it A Beautiful Mind? Is that that um, Russell Crowe mm-hmm. movie? It's a little bit like that. Uh, we've got Natalia on the line, who has a very unusual way of looking at numbers. She's going to explain it for us now. Go for it, Natalia. How do you see numbers? So, one, two and three... They're all boys. Four, five, and six are girls. Seven and eight are boys. Nine is a rogue one. She's definitely a woman. And ten, he's a boy. Um, <laughs> Where'd you go with that? Speaking as someone who sees a seven as a seven, um, <laughs> how? Uh, let's start with one, two, and three. How are they boys? Yeah. Well, I did have a theory that maybe it comes from thinking like even numbers tend to be female and odd numbers. A male because um, men are odd, um, presently accepted. But um, but then you know a few of them just kind of rogue in there because like two, it just two just feels like a boy. It just feels like he's you know going to be a bit problematic. He's a bit difficult. Two is it an immaturity thing? One, two, and three. They're still young. Then they grow up and they're girls, and suddenly four, five, six. Yeah, could be that. You know, that makes sense actually. Yeah. And and how long have you had this in your mind, uh, Natalia? Is it like, have you always thought like this, or is it a certain point where you had a eureka moment and thought, hold on a minute, there's something going on here, there's a sequence? Light bulb moment. Um, I've always thought this ever since I was a little kid, and then I think I've realised at a point in adulthood, this is probably isn't that normal to think that way. Would you, would you tell but, someone um, in a bank or a bureau de change about this? Um, no, because I feel like they might they might report me to somebody. That's a good point. Another question. Uh, so when one and three come together and they're 13, is 13 like... Ultramanly. <laughs> Ultramanly. Um, yes, th- 13 is like the num- numerological like, equivalent of the home time show. Supermanly. Yes. <laughs> Getting that put on the next poster, if we ever get any posters. <laughs> Natalia, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, sequence and uh, insight you have there on numbers. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye. Tracy says, Bush, I see the numbers just as numbers. Seven is a seven. But if I see a sequence of numbers, like on American houses, bus serial numbers, etc., I have to add them up in my head as quickly as possible. Wow. What about that? Each to their own. Uh, Derek, what is it that you see differently? Seven, I see as Roman numerals. Because every time you look at the time, a clock or a watch, they always seem to have Roman numerals on them. Yeah. Instead of the traditional numbers. So I always see seven as V and two ones. Brilliant. So you see uh, seven old school. Old school seven. V and, and two ones. Yeah. He's making me look even more ignorant that I just still see a seven. He's seeing a completely different language. He's doing it old Roman style. Do you have do you like any other numbers then? Or is it just the seven as Roman numerals, the rest of you just doing normal numbers? Um, generally, it's most of them. Well, I never... I, and, and I guess at the end of a TV show, when it does the year in M's and X's and stuff, you, you know exactly what all that is. 
1984, that. <laughs> 2001, that. <laughs> Cheers, Derek. Cheers, buddy. OK, mate. Nice speaking to you. This is The Daily Takeaway. A bit of an extra for you. On a Thursday, we normally run the Hometime Film Club, and I'm sure that will obviously be back uh, this coming Thursday. You get in touch uh, with uh, a bespoke situation uh, that you need a movie recommended for. A uh, little bit of a, uh, an early one. Two reviews for you. Uh, I saw two films over the weekend. Two films in one weekend? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Two films in one weekend. Don't think you could get two more different films in the space of 24 hours viewed. Go on then, what did you watch? Film number one, Elvis. Oh, I want to watch that. The Baz Luhrmann movie. Probably the best film I've seen in about three or four years. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And the guy the guy looks just like Elvis as well. Guy looks just like Elvis. Uh, Tom Hanks, you just sometimes have to remind yourself... Is Tom Hanks because the the, the 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 role he plays as Captain Tom Parker is just absolutely amazing. Got to go and see that before he leaves the cinema. So there's review number one. Uh, if there's one that you don't need to necessarily go and see, it is uh, Gru, The Rise of the Minions or whatever it is. I think oh. I've got the title wrong. That is a Minions movie too far. Do you know what? It's, I, I know I'm going to end up there because our, <laughs> our middle daughter Thea is obsessed with Minions, but um, is that a headache? Because I imagine that would be quite a headache watching that. I have seen, with the three children that I have... Fathered <laughs> around so the many... country, <laughs> sired <laughs> so many different kids' movies, and I know that you can do a good kids' movie, and this ain't it. Can you sleep during it though? At least you get some closed eyes. I was and... nodding off, good man. I was it. nodding off, and every now and then you're waking up because you're hearing Rocco and Joint thinking, Come on, Rich, wake up, wake up because it can't be that bad. No, it is, but. Two such different films in the space of 24 hours. I don't think I've ever done it before. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Quite a few people, it turns out, also were not that fond of the the most recent Minions movie. Just on films, I I, I just need to clarify. Um, I don't normally just go to the cinema loads in one weekend. I'm not made of money. Yeah. Um, But... And I think that I think the moment has somewhat gone as the as the the weather tails away somewhat. But the cinema, what a great place just to go and be cool for three hours. Oh, I love it. Do you know, I, I have a dream sometime of like because um, it is nice and cool in there. It's just yeah. a lovely exi- place to be in. To the point where even having to put a hoodie on because it's so cold, even in this environment, it's great. <laughs> but like, do you ever dream sometimes of going in, paying to go into the cinema? And then just having the day there and going to see all the films. It would be perfect. Would it, how they couldn't stop you from doing that because once you get past the the guard at the front, I think that's a technical term, <laughs> then they're not going to check you each time. Can you just be, watch the same film all day? Well, I have to tell you that when I was leaving Elvis on Saturday, uh, as I was walking Sounds out, like a dire straight song. <laughs> <laughs> the lady did say to me, "Is there anyone else in there I need to clean up?" And I said, "There was one bloke still watching the credits." Dobber. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. What's happened to foxes in the past five years or so? The game has changed for foxes, hasn't it? Do you, What's happened? Well, do you remember foxes used to be all oh, scoot, scoot around at night, scuttle, run away if they even, you even like catch a glimpse of you and you're walking home from work? Do you remember that? They've got a bit more bravado, haven't they? Walking down the middle of the road, boulders, brass even oh. during the, the heat wave. They're just swanning around. Look, foxes now hang out like kids hang out. It's the same kind of thing, like, on the way down to the arcades and everything. And it's gone one stage further in our street where the lady next door to us has moved out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're between tenants. It's a bungalow or whatever. So now we were watching this from our middle daughter's bedroom window this morning and it's blazing hot, sun cracking the flags, that kind of thing. And we were looking into her back garden and they obviously know that she's left, that lady. So it's just like, it's the fox equivalent of the Love Island villa. (laughs) Because they were, like, lying on the floor. Katie, at first thought, one of them has sadly passed away. And I said... 
well, let's test this. Yeah. And put my fingers out the window and click my fingers. Yeah. And it jumped up, looked at me like, what are you looking at, mate? As if it was sunbathing. <laughs> there was another one lying down, just having a lick and all that kind of... And it's... I don't know what, what's happened to them. Like, it used to be... I, I imagine the, the life of a fox was a very kind of, like, grab a bit of food if you can get it. Mm. Now it just seems that, of all the animals in the animal kingdom... They're just living it up. It's just—it's a great time to be a fox. I reckon what you should do is a great—it's a great time to be next door to these people. Or it's not the people; it's the foxes that are running the, <laughs> they, running the asylum at the moment. You should. <laughs> online content is where it's at these days for the uh, for the video entertainment. Ooh. What you need to do is is stream Fox Island. <laughs> Okay. Start up a YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Just, just have the video trained out of your middle daughter's bedroom. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Onto the garden, and Fox Island runs until such point that a new tenant comes in. And if it goes really well, yeah. And your streaming figures are up. Uh, you, you can start to monetize it. Have adverts on there on Fox Island. You might even be able to buy that next door and turn it into some fox sanctuary. That'd be so good. And, and you could get stuff like a little bit like Love Island. Be like, uh, vote for the couple. The fox couple that you want to see stay in the villa. <laughs> what you don't want, though, is the foxes to hook up because we all know at night when they hook up, what oh. a noise that is. I thought they were attacking each other, but it's not. It's just nookie. This is the Daily Takeaway. Just going back to Fox Island. <laughs> fox Island. <laughs> For one last time. Do you remember as a kid, you and I, of the generation of uh, Johnny Morris and Animal Magic? Oh, is that when you used to do the voices of the animals? Ick. Exactly. And, so and no one's doing that now. No one does animal voices anymore. And I think anymore. enough time has passed since Johnny Morris for us to come back into the narrative animal market, narrate what animals are thinking, yes. and for the current generation to be absolutely blown away. Maybe they're not ready for it yet. Maybe they're just not ready for it yet. <sighs> Or maybe they are. I'd like to be optimistic and think they are, and it could be our ticket out. Uh, it, it, it could be a... <laughs> Careful what you say. <laughs> the boss listens. Freudian slip. It could be a new revenue stream for us. <laughs>